0: Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana. Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Creation Anew. Uh, I'm so glad that you're with me. What in the world are we going to talk about today? Well, I want to start on a series of podcasts talking about the church. And um, I have a motivation for doing this, and I'm going to tell you that motivation right up front so that you know exactly um, the place from which I come. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you may say, well, this really doesn't have anything to do with me, and I would agree. The church really has no bearing on you. But here's something that will help you uh, if you listen to these podcasts especially if you have been critical of churches who have desired to open amidst COVID, you'll, you will gain an understanding of why those church leaders chose to open their churches. So it may give you an understanding. And, and I know that many of you who are unbelievers um, do truly want to understand why Christians do the things they do. Well, this is going to be one of those times. This should have every Christian's interest, uh, because it deals with the church. And hopefully, throughout these series of podcasts, we're going to understand why uh, the church is important to Christians. In my mind, it should be obvious, but, but it may not be obvious to everybody. So let's Let's talk about why I'm going to talk about this subject. I am coming from the position that it is time for believers to come to church. And uh, I know that we have had a pandemic. Every time I say pandemic, though, and I may make some people mad saying this, I, I struggle Calling what we have just gone through a pandemic. I, I'm not. I, I'm just not sure if that's what it was. So if you're mad at me because of that, then well, there's nothing I can do about it. I, I the church. The church has gone through some some trauma, and it didn't start with COVID. Let me give you some some ways that I saw it start. In my observations, I saw it start as early as the 1990s, when people, uh, which by the way, churches are much different than, the, than what they were even you know 30 years ago. Some of you think that churches you know, uh, are, are weird. Uh, you would really struggle with churches 30 years ago, because it was more uh, conservative, more straight-laced, Uh, You know, people dressed up more, things like that. And I'm not saying that that was a good thing. I'm just saying that's the way it was. But in the 90s, I started hearing rumblings of people saying, I don't understand why the church is so important. And I even heard uh, those rumblings from, I remember in one case, a leader of a church that started the question, why is the church so important? And uh, I even asked that question too. It's like, okay, what you know, is there a better way of doing things? And I've come to the conclusion that no, there isn't. Now that doesn't mean that I'm I'm the end all. You can you can also uh, do your own study on this, but even back nearly thirty years ago there were people that were becoming disillusioned with church and the mindset seemed to be is there a better way of doing things and that's an honest question that's okay and then it started sliding into well we're gonna disassociate from organized church and we're gonna start meeting in homes and believe me home churches are fantastic within some boundaries and the boundaries need to be that and what I saw with you know m- m- my observations of home churches uh, were that they were kind of just very free-flowing there was no organization and no leadership And and one of the requirements of churches is that there is some kind of organization I don't mean that it has to be a corporation. I mean, there has to be an organization, and within that organization, leadership. The Bible does talk about the need for leadership in bodies of believers. So it's not. I'm not against a home church because they're small or because they, you know, they're disillusioned with, with many, either denominational churches or other organized churches. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is that home churches um, usually end up not going anywhere because they're not organized and they're not—they don't have a leadership structure, which is required in churches, and it's, that's a biblical requirement. And then it started becoming well, we can have church, but we're going to make it into an environment where non-believers are going to feel comfortable well and and i heard from leadership you know what we're having services but they're not designed for believers they're designed for unbelievers i even had a pastor tell me one time um, because i was at a church and I, i actually i wasn't a pastor at that time, I was at a church, and I had to work a job where I was working on Sundays, and it bothered me. And I remember telling him, I'm really sorry that I'm missing so many Sundays. And he, and he even told me, um, <laughs> I don't really care if you're here, because the interest was going into you know, what may, many people may call a small group or a life group. Small groups and life groups can many times, they can do wonderful things, but many times they end up being or having the same problem as a disorganized home church. So the, the move went to we can have church and let's make it really attractive to non believers. So that's where you started getting, you know, uh, very short sermons that weren't very deep. And uh, a lot of music and a lot of music that you know in many ways was very wonderful, but it didn't it didn't reach believers and here's the deal: the church is not for unbelievers. That doesn't mean that I don't want unbelievers to come to church. I want them to hear the gospel. they're welcome to come, and when they do, they're going to be loved but that's not why churches meet we meet to gather as believers and a worship service is designed for believers not unbelievers so i saw some disconnect there and again you know in my working things out i thought okay well maybe it's maybe it's good that we're you know uh, um, reaching out to non-believers in this way but i've come to the conclusion that it's really not So we have seen a large progression. Now this last progression that I've seen is that you've got believers that are just simply detaching from any kind of gathering of believers or any kind of church setting. And when I say church, I don't mean that it has to have stained glass windows or that it has to look like a a warehouse or you know I'm not saying I'm not talking about the surroundings I'm talking about the nature and the makeup of a church which is a gathering of believers coming together for the purpose of glorifying God, learning about Him, and reaching out to non-believers. and it is a structure that is. Uh, that has a definite skeleton to it. In other words, it has an organization. So, many people today have come to the conclusion, and I saw this, I saw this, you know, especially ten years ago, I saw this, where people would just start, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to show up every six weeks. And they think they're a regular attender. No, you're not. If you... And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, if you're madly in love with your spouse, and you said, "Hey, I'll see you every six weeks," would that be, would that be good enough for you? Moms, would you like to see your your children, once every six weeks? Do you think you could build a relationship that way? No, you couldn't, and wouldn't put up with that. Many of you can't go six minutes, without certain things in your life. So there's been a progression and the progression started way before COVID but COVID kind of tipped things over the edge and now we've got you know we've got churches that have not met in a year. We've got leadership of churches that haven't met and we've got people within those churches that haven't gone to church on a regular basis in over a year. And I think that it's Terribly damaging. Now let me let me just say, my position is, churches need to open, and churches need to start meeting, and people need to start coming to church. We're, we're we're done, I think, with the with you know the excuses, of it's too dangerous or I might get COVID. Let me just say something. I pastor two churches. There's been nobody. And we have met since Mother's Day of 2020. So we opened pretty early. We didn't require masks. We didn't require social distancing. We didn't block off every other pew. We sang. We hugged. We shook hands. And you know what? We haven't had one person die in either one of those congregations. Not one. In fact... We haven't had anybody get deathly ill. And I've got older people, I've got younger people. We just haven't seen it. Now, you may say, well, you you know, maybe you don't have enough people. Well, um, wasn't the big panic that if anybody met with anyone else, we could just spread this thing. And we just haven't seen it. Now, I'm not saying that we are... Um, that, that we are um, um, immune as church people, because we had people that did get COVID. They just recovered. It would be the same as two, three years ago, someone saying, oh, this family got the flu, they're out for a week or two, and they're back. We didn't, it, this wasn't something where we just had the dead lying in pews. Um, in fact, the again, the people that got the most Sick were many times those that didn't attend our churches. the people we again we have to add nobody that's died nobody has died from our congregation from this virus and I'm not saying that that nobody has died uh, because of this virus I'm not saying that nobody's gotten deathly ill from this virus I'm not saying that I'm just saying that our experience was different than what we were told was going to happen. And now we have, you know, we've got the options of masks. We've got the options of, you know, um, uh, of vaccines. And with those, my point is, the excuses are starting to wear thin. What else is it if you are not opening as a church or if you are not going to church? What is what is your excuse now? Will it be 25 years from now that you can come back? Because if I understand um, viruses correctly, they don't go away. So if you're waiting for this thing to go away, um, you're never going to come back to church. Now, I just gave you my position, and um, I know that some people will say, well, you don't, you know, we, we've had mandates from the government, um, we've had this and that. And, and my argument to that is, according to the U.S. Constitution, we have the right to assemble as, as believers. We have the right to, to assemble in a religious setting so that there's no there's no excuse there and some people would say well it would be against the law well no it wasn't um, and any threat by any civil authority to stop churches from meeting would be against the constitution and people may say well you know um, uh, there it was a mandate it was the law and and you're wrong on those things and plus As a U.S. citizen, and as a citizen of heaven believer, you are required to obey your government. And your government in the United States is the U.S. Constitution. Not a governor, or a president, or a senator, or anyone else. You see, people can fail and they can do things against the law. And if you say, well, just because it's law, I'm going to follow it you don't have any biblical leg to stand on. That would be the same people, and and I'm going to say something that may hurt, but there were people in Nazi Germany that did things because it was the law that were absolutely heinous. And we would look back now and go, why would those people do that or allow that to happen? Well, it was because they were following man's law rather than the moral law, which is always, always above man's law. So a governor can do a mandate, but um, that doesn't really mean much of anything if it is unconstitutional. So the, the excuses for not going to church, not attending church, are wearing thin. And I know that there will be Because people will always find an excuse for not going to church. That's just the way it is. Now, what I would say, and I'm going to give you some some scripture here, but my answer to that is if you are very comfortable with not going to church, you may be those people that, were among believers but you really weren't a believer yourself. I'm not saying that you go to church in order to be saved. You'll never hear me say that. But the nature of a believer is they know they need to go to church. They know that church is important. and doesn't mean you accept everything that a church does. Sometimes churches do really awful things okay I'm not defending everything but I am defending the church in this it is something that is important to God now let me show you where I'm getting that if you hear a dog bark (laughs) which you just (laughs) did I I have two golden retrievers and a border collie uh, uh, excuse me border collie Australian shepherd mix. um, There's usually somebody barking around my house at any given time, and they like to compete with me. So it's not your imagination. You may hear a dog bark every so often. I want you to chew on this piece of scripture. Jesus is asking his disciples who people are saying that he is, and then he comes down and he says to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter confesses that he is that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. And in Matthew 16:18 Jesus says this, I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, we can talk about this all day, but I'm just going to say this, Peter is not the leader of the church. Okay? Some people believe that That is a false belief. He was a leader in the first century church, but he didn't become pope. Okay? I'm I'm just going to say it. And Jesus is not saying here that he's going to build the church upon Peter. Now, the apostles were described as part of the foundation upon which the church was built, but it wasn't just Peter alone. It was the rest of the the apostles too and the main foundation of the church is Christ so let's just you know that's not really not the focus of what I'm wanting to talk about anyway but I thought I'd hit it two things that I want to bring out here and this starts us on this journey of talking about the church Jesus says I will build my church did you hear that? Whose church is it? It's no one else's but Jesus's. And he says he will build his church. The reason why church should be important to believers is because the church is important to the Lord. That doesn't mean that he is not angry at times with the church. doesn't mean that we never sin. It doesn't mean that there are you know bad churches that or that there aren't bad churches there are. But the church the the assembly of uh, of people who have believed in Jesus Christ is important to Jesus enough so that he's going to build it. The other thing about the church is Jesus says here that the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, the gates of Hades is like the place of punishment, okay? And when Jesus says that the gates of Hades will not overpower it, he means that death itself will not overcome the church. Now, I'm not trying to say that you can, you know, lick a doorknob that has COVID on it, and, and that you're, you're, you're immune from that. That's not what this is saying. What it is saying is that the church is so important that not even death can beat it. Now, you can take that in a couple of ways, and I think both ways are biblical. Number one, um, death can't beat the church because our Lord Jesus couldn't be held by death. Death couldn't hold Jesus. That's why he rose from the dead and Jesus passes on that new life to believers and someday we're going to see that but no matter what happens here until Jesus removes his church there will always be a church which by the way I'm just going to say I don't mean to put this in the face of you know dictators and and you know lawless leaders of countries but if you think you're going to squash the church no one's done it yet, and you're not special enough to do it. So, not even death, not even the threat of death, can kill the church. The church will be, will be on earth until Jesus says, come home, or until the Father tells the Son, go get your bride. And that may be just a little bitty thing. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. I apologize. That may be just a little bitty thing, those two things. But it shows us that the church is important to Jesus. And it should be important to believers. So let me hit things right out of the gate. We're going to talk about the church. And I'm coming from the position that if you are a believer today, and you have not gone to church in a year, your spiritual life has gone downward. And you can say it hasn't, but I'm telling you, it has. Being a pastor for over 30 years, I've seen it. 100% of the time when people stop going to church, their spiritual lives start going downward. It's time. It's time to come back. You'll be met with love if you go to the right church <laughs> you'll be met with truth if you go to the right church but it's time guys that's all I have for today and uh, if you would like to write to me and talk to me a little bit more if you have questions about this um, feel free my email address is randy at creation and I would ask you would pray for this ministry pray for me um, support this podcast by subscribing um, and also tell others about this podcast and that's, that's really the primary way that this ministry grows is by just you guys telling other people and I thank you I thank you for your support I really appreciate it until next time guys bye bye